Welcome to Center Vision Leadership Foundations, Tuesdays at 2. My name is Todd Greer. I am the Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. We're excited, as always, to have you here for our Tuesday at 2 series with leaders in the nonprofit and religious world. We're excited again to get into our session in just a little bit, but before we do that, it's always important to remind you of some things that are central to who we are at Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Always want to remind you, you can access our magazine, our free digital subscription for our magazine at nonprofitperformance.org. It's a great opportunity for you to be able to learn from thought leaders, including uh, our, our uh, speaker today, the, the gentleman that's joining me here in just a second, Brian Suey, is uh, one of our presenters. He's one of our contributors in the second issue, so you'll be able to see his in December uh, of, of this year. We also want to remind you, every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, we continue the conversation at hashtag NonprofitChat on Twitter. You can join us through the tweet chat room as you see it listed here at the bottom of the page. It's always an opportunity to extend the conversation. Brian is going to engage you. He is going to excite you. He's going to challenge you, and it's an opportunity for you to be able to continue that conversation and think about how is it that what he's talking about impacts your organization. So I'll get down to brass tacks. We've got with us Brian Soy. Brian is uh, quickly becoming one of the great friends of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Brian uh, was introduced to me through a, a mutual contact of ours, Becky Robinson, who runs Weaving Influence, and we were talking about the importance of having nonprofits understand mission, understand culture, and understand how they can clarify their communication. She told me, Todd, I've got somebody you've got to talk to. Brian is an expert in this field, and he's somebody that you need to engage with. And so I was blessed to be able to have an interview with Brian, which will show up in the December 2014 issue. Uh, Brian's going to be talking about clarifying your communication. Brian is going to be pioneering with us this week a three-part series. Brian's joining us today. He'll also join us on the 21st and 28th of this month as we continue what is a three-part series on mission-driven organizations. Brian, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure, Todd, and it's great to be here. So um, where do you want to start? Absolutely. Well, Brian, uh, I've set the stage a little bit with who you are, but why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Well, Brian Soy, I am the founder and design director of Aspire. We are a design and marketing agency that works with purpose social purpose, purpose-driven organizations, creating mission-driven design to help these organizations communicate with clarity. Mm. That's really important, and I love the idea of communication with clarity. One of the things that we tend to think about is you cannot not communicate, but the question is how clear is your communication? And We're going to dig into some of that today. I want to remind everybody, if you don't already know, Brian is the author of this amazing book, Raise Your Voice. And I love the subtitle here, A Cause Manifesto. And Brian, I, I really, when I first came across the book, I was really intrigued, and I just want to throw that out there. Why manifesto? Well, you're not the first person to ask that, and most, most of the people who ask that question have a little bit of worry tinging their voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. The... Um, Oh, one second, sorry. It's all right. 
um, you know, a manifesto is um, a declaration of the way an individual or a group thinks things should be. Mm-hmm. So I boldly just said, you know, I think this is the way things should be. If you are a, uh, as the term phrase you use, social benefit organization, I call them social purpose organizations. I think most of the world knows them as nonprofit organizations or, you know, faith-based religious organizations. But, um, you know, so many of them have, you know, as we're talking here, they have a mission, but they're not always sure what it is. So the manifesto just says, you know, this is what we believe and this is how we're going to act based on those beliefs because that's, that's basically what we're talking about here, a, a set of beliefs and a way of acting based on those beliefs. And that's an interesting piece. We often talk about uh, people having a disconnect between strategy and tactics. A lot of people, they've got brilliant ideas of, of stuff that they want to do, but you ask the deeper question, and that's one of the things that we love at Cintervision is, who are we? You know, who are we? If we don't know who we are, then we can do just about anything. I remember the old adage people talk about, you can get in a boat and you can go anywhere, but if you don't have a direction, you're just going to be floating around and you're never going to get where you intend to be. And I think that's one of the things that you uh, you, you hit really well. And I especially like the idea of mission-driven. What does it look like, Brian, for an organization to be mission-driven? Well, you know, it all starts with, do you have a mission? And what is that mission? Um, at Aspire, we're here on a mission to help organizations communicate with clarity. Uh, the mission will be really specific to each organization, and it shouldn't have a lot of, probably shouldn't have a lot of ands in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, an org- you know, Cinevision Foundation has this goal of transforming through leadership the type of social purpose organizations. That mission is very clearly defined. Um, um, so mission-driven, then, is every activity, every action, every communication strategy, every leadership strategy, every strategy and the tactics that follow flow from the mission. It's, it's easy to stay focused that way, and it's easy to maintain your direction and your path. So you talk about a boat that's adrift. Another way to look at it is if you have a map, usually you're looking at a map so you know where you're going. A lot of organizations follow this path. So instead of starting from here and going to here and knowing that their mission takes them along these steps because this is their vision. The mission is what's driving them to their vision. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they say, oh, look, here's something we want to, oh, this is really, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, this is even more. So their path follows this zigzag, and, and they may end up not moving in a direction toward their vision because they're they're suffering from mission drift or mission creep, scope creep. It's it's that creep factor. I, it reminds me actually of a teenage boy who's got ADD. It's that sense of hey, there's a squirrel over here, and I'm going to follow it. And and we tend to forget where we're going and we, we tend to forget what what governs us. We talk a lot about uh, our, our kind of guiding principles at Center Vision and I think that's one of the pieces that people tend to forget. There's a lot of good things that you and your organization can do but if they don't if they don't directly come from your guiding principles, from your mission, from the values of, of who you are then, then they're simply tangential to what your vision and purpose are. 
And, and I think that's a really key thing. Brian, tell us a little bit about, you've got a, a clarity uh, purpose and process that you go through with people. When, when you're working with an organization at Aspire, and they're coming to you and they're saying, Brian, we'd like to do X. What kinds of questions do you engage them with in that process? Well, the first one's always why. So, you know, when we start to talk about the, the whole clarity process, it breaks down into three things. One is purpose. Why are you doing what you do? Next is mission. What's driving you to do what you do? And then vision, optional, uh, you know, I, I think too many organizations put almost too much emphasis on mission and vision to talk to their audiences when they are guiding internal principles that they should be following. Uh, but the vision, you know, what is it, what is it going to look like when you get there? And if, in a sense, what do you want to become? And if you want to become that, then you need to be that now. So we've, we will f start with a series of questions of why. Um, why are you doing what you're doing? Why will your audience want to talk to you? Why will you want to engage with them? And then get in, and then get into what strategies are going to work best for them to, um, you know, communicate the core message and the core purpose, which then the message and the mission and everything should flow out of that to their audience. What what are these? And, and, and it's just a, it's just a process where it starts at the beginning. It goes to that middle and it ends. It's 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 not a, like we were talking about earlier, scattered process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important, and I think it's it's something that doesn't happen enough. Is that beginning with a question of why? Why do we want to do those things? And I think Simon Sinek, thankfully, has helped uh, people on a broader perspective ask with why. That start with why. Uh, TED Talk he did, as well as the book. You know, it's leading some of these people in. Uh, some some people that I have have chatted with in the past, we we talk about most organizations want to start with step one instead of step zero. And step zero is really asking why are we doing this? Why do we want to go down this road? What, who are we, and why does that make any sense for us? And I think m much of what you're doing, Brian, is you're asking people to come back to step zero and really examine the entire landscape and think through this process better. Right, you're right, Todd. <clears throat> what I ask them to do is is to step back, and we talk about, you know, the the who you are and what you do is is, is almost simple. You can answer those that most organizations can in five minutes or less. But it's why are you doing what you're doing, and what difference is go is it going to make? That's that's the why and the purpose part of it, and it's it's surprising that there are so many organizations that don't think about that. E even you know churches get confused. They think oh, we need to be seeker driven. Why? You know, we we need we need to be evangelistic. Why? You know, let's you know, and not to get into a you know theology debate, but sure. it's it's no organization is exempt from asking themselves these questions. Uh, even over this past weekend, I was asking myself those questions of myself. You know, why are we doing what we do? And I remind myself, and I'm off, here I've pulled it off the board. Mm -hmm. You know, I even have I have this, and you can read right there. I, our perspective, mission-driven design is the catalyst for cause communications. That's exactly why we do what we do because we think what we do can be a catalyst to help organizations, you know, communicate because that communication is always the biggest breakdown in getting from mission to delivery, mission to vision, purpose to mission. Because 
I don't know if people forget to communicate or they just don't remember that they need to. Yeah, and Brian, you've brought up a couple times in the conversation already design. And you, I know, are by trade. You're a designer. How does your design thinking and your design background, how does that influence this process for you? Well, you know, design thinking in itself is a discipline mm -hmm. in, in terms of empathizing with the end user, the end hearer, the end experiencer. And the more, the more I think about this whole idea of, of design thinking, it's about thinking about what the experience for whoever is at the end of anything, whether it's a leadership decision, a visual design decision, an experience decision. So mission-driven design is very intentional design choices that are made by everybody in the organization, and they have to start with the leader. And that's why I'm, I'm starting to use this phrase, lead by design. Mm. Make intentional choices about what outcome you think you want to have, because then that's the first step of getting you there. So I think those two things work together very well, and, and we practice, you know, we practice design thinking in that way. In that you know, we're always putting ourselves in the in the shoes of you know, the audience, uh, of who needs to be at the end of the communication, uh, of the someone who is experienced. Even you know, even this that what we're doing right now, we are both having a different experience with Google Hangout and you know, Google in itself is is somewhat of an experience at doing this, and then the, the People who will be viewing it either now or later are having an experience themselves, and it's Google's design decisions that have made you know what the interface looks like, you know the, the bottom third of the screen looks like. We have to make design decisions about our environment so that it doesn't look like we're in the dark. All those things—they're intentional decisions, but they contribute to the overall experience of somebody at the very end. So this whole conversation is really not about you and me. It's about the people who are going to be listening to it. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I think that's so important is for each person, this is an opportunity to ask those questions. We lay this out. Brian's gone through this. Center Vision, we're constantly going through these kinds of questions with other people. But ultimately, none of this matters unless it impacts you at home, you as you're at work, you working in an organization, whether it's a nonprofit, a church, an educational institution, as you're thinking about what kind of impact does my organization have and stepping back to the why are we doing what we're doing. Sure. I think that's a, a, a great point here because, Brian, one of the things that you, you talk about, and I, I was teasing on the, the manifesto piece, and I, I don't tend to have a, a, a negative perception of that. I think back to interestingly enough, Jerry Maguire and uh, his kind of personal manifesto of how sports agents should change in that movie. Uh, but, but you talk about this manifesto for causes. Uh, there's a lot of times we talk about, you know, we use the term social benefit, you use social purpose, but we're all cause-driven. Whether we're talking about a for-profit entity or we're talking about a non-profit, we're all seeking to accomplish a cause. There's something that we're passionate about. Um, you mentioned mission creep. How natural do you think it is for a cause organization, particularly a nonprofit or a church, to deal with mission creep? I think they have to deal with it. Um, you know, just thinking back through the churches, for instance, that I've attended or attend. Um, some of them are you know, very open to 
you know, getting into whatever type of new ministry may meet whatever small demographic comes to the church. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happens then is you have a lot of people doing a lot of little things, but maybe the big picture gets lost at that point. Um, as my role on the food bank as a director, I hear stories of, and, and, and I'm sometimes asked by our executive director, what do you think about this organization? It, basically a food bank is a logistics organization. They collect food resources and they distribute food resources. There's no direct delivery. It's always to the, the charities, partner charities that, they, that get the food from them. So sometimes people say, you're the food bank. You should be involved in this farmer's market we want to do or or, uh, or the signer on a grant application because it'll make the grant application look better. And we have to step back and say, well, no, that's outside of our scope. Maybe the grant application is to fund a farmer's market. And we do our own type of farmer's market, which is food distribution, but this one may be about you know, a different type of farmer's market. The organization that may ask us is just looking for the grant, but it's just, just that far outside of our core mission, which mm -hmm. is delivering food resources to those most at risk for, for food insecurity. So we just have to say, thank you, we appreciate the invite, but we're going to pass on this. And it's, you're constantly having to make those decisions. I, I think that that can even scale down to a personal level as well as, as you said, any other organization. Um, we do a lot of work with community colleges and community colleges kind of based on what they are in the community and the, the mandates they have from the, the government sometimes and the way they get funded, they are very prone to mission creep. You know, it's community college, primarily it should be education, but they a lot of times will have a theater, they'll, they'll get into economic development, entrepreneurship's very popular, work for all of a sudden it's, where's the education component? And I know they're always trying to tie it back to there, and they may see their mission and how they're delivering it very clearly, but the more they try to do, the more messages they start to send out to the community, and then the community sees, well, I thought it was a community college, and in my mind, college means this. So what are you now? That's a really intriguing point, Brian, and as I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm thinking about that in context of institutions and organizations and uh, groups that I have been involved in, I think one of the things that immediately comes to mind is we end up spending more money, we end up spending more capital of, of human capital, and we end up spending more social capital because we don't have a defined uh, vision and we're not really mission-driven in our processing. Would you agree? Oh yes, absolutely. So, you know, if, if, in, if in your mission, if your mission is to be all things to all people, how are you going to do that? You're going to constantly be chasing the multiple groups that you want to appeal to. Whereas if your mission is very clear on what change you want to make in somebody else's life, and, and really this is all about changing the way other people think or changing the way you impact their lives. If you focus on that impact, focus on what that change is going to be, and then make your decisions based on those two th aspects, then you're going to stay clearly focused. Mm. But it's, just, it's just too easy when something new and interesting comes along to say, yeah, we could do that because we thought about it once, you know, or, or, or because so-and-so has 
a little bit of experience with it. We'll just task them with that too. And pretty soon, like you said, your human capital and your social capital, they get spread so thin that they're not doing the few things they could be doing well or you want to expand scope of services or impact. Uh, it's, you know, a, a meteorite that hits in one place has greater impact than a meteor that splits up in the air and hits in multiple places. That's a great point. And again, we oftentimes come back to impact. Ed Bogle is one of our advisors. Ed is, he's our impact guy. We can always trust that uh, whenever we're bringing up a discussion, Ed's always going to talk about impact. And I think it's it's almost one of those things that every organization needs to have is is a culture where we're asking these kinds of questions. And, and you talk about leadership-driven. These need to be leadership-driven questions that are being asked. Um, so it's, it's kind of odd because you, you said with your book, a lot of times people come back and they say, well, this is really a leadership book, isn't it? Yeah, they're saying that a lot. Uh, and you know, I think it was you, and we we had just talked. I was driving back from a meeting, and then it really clicked on how the the twelve principles, the resolutions in the book. Sure, they were written about communications, but I sat back and thought through, and then we talked about this earlier, where they break into four groups: strategic, relational, inspirational, and aspirational. And those are leadership principles. Aspiration, and, and you know, when you begin with the end in the mind, the Covey principle. Uh, you, you say this is our these are our aspirations, but we have to go back to the beginning. We have to be strategic. Uh, we have to communicate that, and we have to to bring everybody on board. So that's the relational part. And how are we going to do that? We're going to be very inspirational and get everybody to believe to be champions to follow. Yeah, Brian, I want to make sure that we slow that down for just a second because. Those four dimensions are, are really, really important, and I think they guide very much uh, the overarching 12 pillars or, or 12 resolutions that we are going to be talking about in the next two sessions. Let, let's just real briefly, uh, let's slow down and let's start with strategic. What does it mean uh, when, when you talk about this, this dimension of communication and, and culture? What does it mean for an organization to be strategic? Well, you know, to be strategic, I, I believe there's there's the, the three aspects within there are you know, just making very intentional, conscious decisions that a, a strategy is based on objective. It's not the tactics. So separating your decision-making from tactics to, again, what the end goal is going to be. There's focus. Again, and this goes right back to mission creep. Here's our mission. Here's what we are striving to do. Based on our beliefs, we're going to stay on this path. And just and then using the available insights from data, from, from research, just the information that is around us at all times to make wise and informed decisions. Mm. Because it's sometimes you know, we all start with that passion, with that emotion. We start from the heart. The ideas will sometimes just, you know, oh, I really feel like I need to do that. But when you begin your journey with the heart, you have to think with the end in mind. So it's this, I have this idea of tying together, uh, you know, beginning, you begin with the heart, but you end with your mind. You have to you, you know, appeal to the heart and, and just be reasonable about your decisions. So you know, the dreamers all dream and they plow ahead, but 
you have to have a reality check sometimes and just make wise decisions. And wisdom is always based in knowledge. And you see, you, you see this in scripture and the Proverbs and in Psalms over and over. So there's a, there's a, roots are all connected together. So, so that, yeah, that's just kind of the core strategy is intentional decision-making to get you to the objectives that you've set out to. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about inspirational, and you were you're engaging here. Where uh, we do have dreams, and that's really important. Uh, and and there's oftentimes there's those people that motivate us, they encourage us, they inspire us. How how does inspiration factor into this process for you? Well, you know, think think about a, a leader who who just you know he gets up and he just says go, and you of course you have to go sit back and ask why. So they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you the reasons why, and the, you know the reasons that motivate us are either rational, so they're very much fact-oriented, or they are emotional, so they appeal to our heart. And for most people, unless you're a very high D or a very high C on the Myers Briggs, you're somewhere in between. So you, you need some facts to get you started, and you know then your heart takes over and says, "Yes, this sounds great." Or sometimes your heart says, "You know." I just like I need to do that, but then you get a few more facts and it really helps focus you. But a, but a good leader says, you know, he, here's he lays out the plan. He says, here's what we're going to do and here's why we're going to do it and here's why it's important and it will make a difference. And then he says, will you follow me? Because I'm leading. This is the way I think we need to go. Will you follow me? And it's it's those words that inspire. And that's I, I put a lot of emphasis on words. Because, uh, it, but words without actions are just wishes, really, or I'm sure there's other ways to phrase that. But words are so important because they, they reassure, they give confidence, they give hope. Absolutely. And that's I think it's an important thing when we think about will you follow me? We're, we're talking will you follow me as a leader to the team? We're talking about will you follow me as an organization to the community? We're talking about will you follow me in so many different ways, and I think that really dovetails so nicely into the next aspect that you talk about, which is relational. We need to understand the culture uh, and, and how that follows and how that functions uh, within these things. Talk a little bit more about this relational aspect that you, you put forward. Yeah, so it's, it's not only culture. Let, let's just step back and, and the bridge between inspiration and culture is, is the people in, who you're in relationship with as a leader, and they're saying, I want to follow. Will you lead me? Mm. So it's, there's a challenge both ways. People are looking for leaders to step up and to f start a movement. Uh, but the, rela the relational, and I'm just going to glance at my notes here real quick, um, there's this idea of, of the social aspect of it. Um, interesting thing I've been thinking about for the past you know, four or five months is what, one of the consultants with whom I've worked has always said, you know, don't don't overemphasize the relationships with clients or and, and staff. And then this past weekend was at a conference with Dave Ramsey and Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk, and they were all about go deeper with your relationships. Do you know the names of your clients' children and what their interests are? And I thought, and, and in, my, in my heart, I've been kind of fighting that in my mind, and, and I think I've been doing it wrong, and I need to focus more on the, the relational aspect. And remember that my tone of voice when I pick up the phone sends a message. The tone of my emails, just asking them how they're doing, not launching right into the business uh, mm -hmm. aspect of a, of a 
of a conversation because I'm high D, so it's just like let's get it done. And you know, I've I've got a client. He's he's very high uh, S, I think. So you know, he wants to talk about family. How was your weekend? And and I've learned to slow down and enter into that part because it strengthens the overall relationship. So as I lead them, they're more willing to follow because then it creates trust. Yeah. They know I am interested in their best interests and I want their best interests and I'm interested in them and their success. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back a little bit more into the book because in the book one of the things you talk about, I really like this, is the importance of ambassadors in an organization. And, and we, we talk about, about culture, we talk about understanding the people and, and being with them. What we're really talking about is something that moves people to step out as ambassadors for an organization, right? Sure, sure. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm working out a series of articles to break down this idea of ambassadors into advocates. And again, I just heard this this morning. Somebody said, he, I was talking to him and he said, you know, we're lobbying. And he goes, no, we're advocating for this. So they're, they've got it. They've, they're wanting people to be interested in their cause and what it represents and support it. And then there's the idea of ambassadors. And an ambassador to me is someone who, who does that advocacy, but also then represents the organization. Uh, so in my role as a, mem a board director of the food bank, I really believe that hunger is a, is a critical concern because it affects it affects the delivery of, say, the gospel. It affects how people learn. It affects how people can work. Um, you know, you may or may not be aware that a lot of times when a family re reports that they have hunger insecurity issues, that it's the parents who are not eating. So, you know, that touches my heart. So I want to also represent the organization and say, you know, look, the food bank is doing this great work on behalf of not only children, but the, their parents, so that everybody in the household has food. And then I want to take it a one step further and talk about champions or influencers. Those people who, they've just embraced, and my, my, uh, my, my kind of my litmus test of that is, can you bring up the cause and organization you represent within five minutes in any conversation? Because you, you actually believe in it. So you've become a believer. And then, you know, and there's a lot of inference in there, uh, especially with the religious organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, we are asked to believe. And the difference is, you know, advocates and ambassadors, they'll do their roles. And some are very enthusiastic. You know, but a believer, a champion, they'll, they'll do it sacrificially. I mean, who, you know, think about a football champ, you know, not the team, but, but the fan, you know, and, and there's different terms for this type of fervor, but in 27 degree weather, they take their shirts off, they paint their, their bodies, and here in Cleveland, it's brown and orange, and they stand out there cheering for their team. That's the kind of, that's the kind of champion and belief that I like to see, especially at the top, you know, the staff, sure, but the board, I love to see that on the board. And then I love to see that spread from the board to the people who support the organization and, and watch people in action, learn how to become an ambassador and then take that to the next level. Awesome. And Brian, it's very quick and easy to see that you are that, that champion for, uh, for the food bank there. And I, I love what you're doing there and I appreciate uh, you making that very tangible for us because I think one of the things we sometimes struggle with is we talk about these ideas and they look so so big and so distant and and when we can take those and we can look at what those look like in, in real life it's very important for us so uh, I, I'm gonna make the last segue here to the fourth of the quadrants or fourth of the pillars here that we're talking about which is 
aspirational. Talk a little bit about what that means, aspirational, as part of this communication and culture process. Well, you know, aspirations, being aspirational is, here's, it, it, that's really about the hope part and having the courage to lead maybe even when nobody else is following. Yeah, and, you know, what, what are the, the big picture goals and objectives for the organization? What end does an organization want to have? And are you willing to have to, to constantly be positive about it? And I break it down into just three, these three simple words, positive about it, to do it powerfully, powerfully, and to be courageous about it. And, and that may mean stepping out where nobody else is following, stepping out where nobody else is willing to, saying something when there's fear involved, but you know, courage is that one thing that will give us the, the, you know, the fortitude to, to do maybe what needs done when other people and other organizations may not be willing to take that next step. Um, it's, it's, it, you know, the one word that is the synonym for it is hope. It's, it's the hope and, and how we embody that, how we articulate that hope whether it's through words and actions, and move it toward a reality. That's great, definitely. It's uh, We're almost about 35 minutes in, and so we're going to draw today to a little bit of a close here. Uh, I want to share some something that I, as soon as I read this, it was one of those statements that my highlighter came out, I, I, I just smacked it, and um, it, it, it rings in my brain over and over again. And so... I'm going to go to Uncle Todd's story time for just a second from from uh, the book, Raise Your Voice Here. Your opening chapter, Brian, begins with these words. You say, every day, no matter where you are in the world, meaningful causes are trying harder than ever to get noticed. To rise above the noise, inspire change, motivate action, and speak with one voice. And I thought that was such a profound statement, and I think that's that the piece that really sticks out to me and, and what we're doing here with Cinevision is you talk about we're trying harder than ever. We're constantly bombarded by the noise that surrounds us in a, in a world that has 24-7 news media. We're, we're up to the second breaking news on Twitter, on social media, and other realms, and we're constantly with earbuds in our ear. We're constantly with our face and our text messages and our phones and our gadgets. And I think you really pinpoint the fact that we have to be laser-focused as organizations to really bring about impact, and that, that's a very important thing for us. And so thank you for honing in on that for us. And, and Brian, I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you share just the, the 12 uh, resolutions? And we're going to talk about these over the, uh, the 21st and 28th. But we're going to talk about the first six resolutions on the 21st and then the second six on the 28th. Would you be willing to just share those with our audience here? Sure. You just, I'll, how about just the short 12? I'll just give you the two-word ones. Yes. Okay. So there are 12 resolutions, and these all relate to those four dimensions that we talked about earlier of communication and culture. So the three strategic ones are be strategic, be focused, and be meaningful. The inspirational ones are be insightful, be inspiring, and be engaging. So this, this idea of engaging, it's about, you know, let's be personal, let's be personable, uh, not just, you know, it's not a one-way conversation. Um, you know, 
we have two ears and one mouth. Use them in proportion. Uh, the, the, the relational, be social, be grateful, and be trustworthy. Trustworthiness and transparency are a key and a core. And gratefulness, we can't be grateful enough for what we do and for the opportunities we have. And then the aspirational ones would be positive, be powerful, and be courageous. Awesome. Those are 12 important resolutions, 12 important things that must be guiding our organization. And we're going to talk about those, like I said, on the 21st and 28th. So thrilled to have you with us, Brian. This has been such a blessing. And I think that there's a lot of impact nuggets that we can find from our conversation. And hopefully as we talk about our end user, the person, you, that's sitting at home watching this, sitting at work watching this, you're able to grasp and, and, and take hold of these things and think about how these bring impact to your organization. Again, Brian Soy, Raise Your Voice, a Cause Manifesto. Uh, we're going to be talking more about this in our Twitter chat. That's Thursday at 4 p.m. You're going to be able to see in our Twitter chat, hashtag nonprofit chat. You'll also have an opportunity once the December issue comes out to see some of Brian's work in the December issue of Nonprofit Performance Magazine. And so we're really, really excited about this. This video is going to be up for about a week. It'll then go, just as all of our videos do, into our archived events section where you can watch any of the past events, any of the past interviews that we've had, and be able to stay up to date and ask some deep questions of yourself and your organization. Again, Brian, we're thrilled to have you with us. We're looking forward to uh, the 21st. We're looking forward to the 28th. We're looking forward to just digging in to what these 12 resolutions look like in my organization and your organization. So thank you so much for joining us. All right, thank you, and it's been my pleasure and a great opportunity. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. If you want to get in touch with Brian, at Brian Soy, B-R-I-A-N-S-O-O-Y on Twitter, you can check out their website at aspire.com. That's A-E-S-P-I-R-E.com. Take a look, and as always, come see us at centervisionleadership.org. Thank you so much, and have a great day. We'll see you on Thursday. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.